0: Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to another episode of the podcast. So today we're going to be talking about the Super Bowl, recapping what went on and, you know, giving our thoughts about the game. Uh, you know, I, think it, I, I still think it was a good game. Uh, a lot of people didn't like it. Uh, I, I thought it was good. I mean, you just, you know, you have to kind of appreciate defense a little bit. And definitely for the casual fan, it wasn't good. I think it had the lowest rating since uh, 2007 for Super Bowls. But uh, I'm joined today by my good friends, Jugveer and Vic. Hey, guys, how are you doing? Hey, man, what's Good. up? Doing well? Cool,
1: glad to hear it. So what, what are some thoughts that you guys have on the game? Uh, Vic, I'll hear your thoughts first, man. Yeah, so I'll preface this and this whole conversation with honestly saying that I'm a Patriots fan, have been for a while. Through through. <laughs> yeah, yes, sir. Um. So, yeah, you know, we watched the game together, and I think, you know, obviously it felt... At the end, somewhat anticlimactic, I guess just just everything happening all at once, them missing a field goal like that and abruptly us, you know, obviously winning. But I think two things that stuck out to me the most was a our ability to stop their outside zone. We definitely sold out with our six-one and then eventually five one front to stop that. And that really impressed me. And then our discipline and coverage in implementing our zone concepts was really solid and that impressed me, and it helped shut down their past game and confuse Jared Goff. So I think our Belichick drew up a great scheme, and we executed it to perfection.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think the whole 50-50 uh, zone man thing for the season, like a lot of people, I mean, me me too, actually. I thought before the game, the Patriots play a lot of man-to-man, and I kind of thought they'd like bracket Cooks and then have Gilmore yeah. one-on-one on Woods. But they actually switched it up a lot, played a lot of zone, and to their credit, it worked. Uh, yep. So, also, we have another guest on today. That's my friend, Jugveer. What's up, Jugveer? How's it going, man?
2: How you doing, man?
0: So, the interesting thing is I kind of have two polar uh, opposites, if you will, today as guests. Uh, Vic, you know, Patriots fan through and through, as am I. But Jugveer is uh, a Raiders fan. And, you super know, fan. Super. Oh, sorry? Super Former
2: fan. super fan. Former Oakland super Raiders. fan,
0: yes, because now they're moving to Las Vegas, right? So, Las Vegas Raiders, almost.
2: Nah. Oakland.
0: <laughs> Oakland for life yeah I know what you mean but um so you know since the whole tuck rule game that you guys are pretty familiar with uh, the Raiders and Patriots have had kind of a uh, rivalry so to speak but uh, not much on the field but off the field uh, the fans <laughs> aren't very uh, very fond of each other I guess I'll say that but yeah Jogger what did you take away from the game man interested in hearing your views
2: the only thing I took away was just coaching, man. Like at the end of the day, I just think Belichick outcoached McVeigh in every aspect of the game. Like defensively, he was able to shut down golf, which has has not happened much this year. His scheme, like as Vic mentioned, with all that zone and all that, him switching up, him giving you know false looks up up at the line. That's his specialty. Able to mix in the coverages. You know, that's just typical Bill Belichick. I think there's only t- one name that won this game was Bill Belichick, in my opinion, because you know Tom Brady looked uh, at times, you know, human, which is not expected of him. Yeah, but, I mean,
0: I'm gonna go back to actually what you said about Bill Belichick that uh, he outcoached McVay. I think McVay even said as much after the game, saying, you know, it's yeah. the loss really is on McVay. He said the loss is on me. I got outcoached, plain and simple. And I think McVay, um, if there's one thing he's shown is that he'll bounce back very well from getting out outcoached. Um, the first year he was a coach of the Rams, they got absolutely shut down by Mike Zimmer's uh, Vikings defense. But look at what happened
1: against them this year. Yeah, they absolutely tore him apart. They <laughs> tore the Vikings defense apart. <laughs> yeah. so if there's one and that thing, scheme didn't change at all.
0: Exactly, exactly. And th- see, that's one thing is that McVay has shown that he learns very well from his opposition. And I think now that he's faced a Patriots defense once, he It'll make him a better coach for it. Do you agree with that, Jugber?
2: McBeigh, absolutely. It's going to make a better coach, but I just don't see anyone dethrowing Bill Belichick anytime soon. Within probably the next, till he retires, Bill Belichick is going to be the top of the class. He's going to be just everyone, what everyone wants to look up to. But I just have all the praise for him because at the end of the day, you know, Tom Brady's great. I understand that he's one of the top three quarterbacks in my league. You know, I can't give him number one because, you know, I'm a Raiders fan, but he does his thing. At the end of the day, I just think Bill Belichick is the reason the Patriots are where they are at.
1: You know, I think I think what, what also surprised me is that yeah, all credit grows, to, you know, credit is due to of course. But I think what really surprised me was that um, McVeigh didn't really show much willingness to change the offense. That that yeah. really surprised me because even you know Tony Romo kept saying this throughout and throughout the game that in order to beat the Patriots, you have to do something they haven't seen before, exactly. and do it in a way that they won't expect it in any way. Because if you throw to throw at them exactly what they expect, then they're going to beat you no matter what.
2: I just want to get a quick word in: the Patriots don't play for the regular season; they play for the postseason. So every time oh, everyone trips yeah. when the Patriots, you know, yeah. they go zero and two, or they go zero and three. Everyone's like, they're not making-. End right. of the year, they're in the at least the AFC Championship. You know, I just think this is just the greatest playoff run we've seen in any sport over the last what fifteen years since Brady's been inside?
1: Yeah, I mean I, we, we beat the number one, two, and three teams Absolutely. Like, by DVOA if you looked at the ESPN um rankings going into the postseason and that I couldn't believe it. After that Tennessee game, I was I didn't think we had it in us, but so the Pats were the two seed, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. Yes.
2: Okay. Yes. I remember Ronak mentioning, you know, earlier to me
0: that you know the one seed has won how many times in the last couple of years yes it's very rare that uh i think it, there's only been one one seed or sorry one non-one seed in the super bowl since like 2016 since the falcons did it uh there's only there's that's only one in the past three or four years i believe and two non-one seeds made it to this super bowl the rams you know yeah very controversially uh patriots earned it I would say.
1: Yeah, I agree. They sh-
0: they, uh, the Patriots played, out of the eight quarters of football, they played against the number one and number two ranked offenses in DVOA. The Chiefs had, did good against them for two quarters. So six out of the eight quarters, 75% of the time, the Patriots really shut down the top two defenses or offenses by DVOA uh, and by yardage and I think scoring as well in the regular
1: season. And I got to say, uh, Bill Belichick. Exactly. It's all Bill yeah. Belichick. No, like <laughs> yeah, yeah. And just in preparing the team in a way that. Exactly. Preparation. I, I don't know. I think that of the Super teams that have won the Super Bowl, like 49, 51, and now this one, this was the least quote unquote talented. Because I know I've learned <laughs> over the years, of Patriots fan, obviously, that talent doesn't really matter. But I just think the coaching he pulled off in this in this run is unparalleled. Like we never had a road no you no, 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 haven't agree. had a road this hard to go through and yeah. in, in a long time to get to the Super Bowl. And I was shocked that we made it this far,
0: yeah, I mean, talking about talent, um defensively, I think we actually did have a good amount of talent, uh, not talent in like the sense of like blue chip, kind yeah, of like high draft pick yeah. talent, but talent in the sense that people that were good at s- certain things and Belichick would put them in position. To excel at those things, but not yeah. kind of give into their weaknesses. Like Patrick Chung is a really good in the box defender, but when you kind of make him play off the out of the box, the safety, that's where he's not as good. And I think the Eagles right. did that when he went to de- their team. And that's right. where he struggled a lot.
2: Yeah. Speaking of that Patrick Chung injury, I think that was huge. Oh, man. If Jason Pelotac to adjust to that, adjust play, to
0: that,
1: yeah.
2: that was a great adjustment by him because he was utilizing his safeties throughout the whole game in just. A terrific way. His ability to just shut down the Rams downfield, you know, taking away all their passes. I think safeties played a big part, and especially Chung, him getting injured and Belichick making the adjustments after he got injured. That was a big move by
0: him. Yeah, I yeah. Think one, it was. Oh yeah. go, go uh, I it. think me and Vic are about to say the same thing, but I think that uh, Belichick did get very lucky though, because there was a coverage. No, I agree. Chung I agree. Was supposed to be on Cooks in that one, or he was supposed yeah. to at least have that area. Yep. And uh, Cooks is running wide open because uh, Harmon came in for Chung, but I'm not sure if it was him who blew the coverage. but the cover was blown, and if Jason McCorry doesn't make a great play, yeah. uh, it could it, you know it could be a I mean, the uh, of the
2: day, that's one play, you know. Like, at the end of the day, I think Chung played excellently throughout the game. That's true, but it could be the Rams
0: up 7-3 instead of uh, just tying it up three to three. Yeah. That's just one thing that, one I want to The tongue injury I think made a big impact. Game. And yeah. uh, you know, by the time that the Rams kind of got it back, or well, okay, well, okay, here's the thing. McCourty made a great play, but then uh Deron Harmon also made a great play as well. Uh yeah. when the Rams are uh when what I was gonna what was I gonna say? Goff made a perfect throw to Cooks that got broken up by Harmon, that
1: would have tied yeah. up the game. Because Gilmore actually, if he saw the replay, he actually was had slight a had slight tug on uh, Brandon Cook's left arm, and that prevented him from actually putting two hands on the ball, and then Carmen came in and knocked him out too, which obviously forced incompletion. But That's very, what they call it the subtle, game of inches. <laughs> very, very subtle arm tug, which actually could have been called if this wasn't a playoff game. So we're actually kind of lucky for that. But, but yeah, no, it was interesting to see the adjustment after Chung went out. Um, Harman came in, they shifted things a little bit. They put on a high dip shifted Dante Hightower from his spot on the middle, put him on the edge, and then Alan Roberts came in. He played pretty well, especially against the run. And yeah, I mean Harman, he came through huge. He wasn't playing a whole lot. And then he came in and played, made two big plays, forcing a completion, and then pressuring Goff into making throwing that pick to Gilmore. I mean that so was Harman on the pressure? Yeah. Yeah, it was Harmon and McCordy on the pressure.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, they brought like a big blitz and it just yeah they they cover zero blitz. Yeah, they exactly no
2: the Belichick special. But the one thing I want to say to that, um, uh, again was uh, yeah, go ahead. Belichick, I was just talking about uh the way he was uh, able to adjust after that. I mean, when Chung went went down. I've never seen Bill Belichick like I've seen him a couple times. So visible, visible reactions. But when Chung went down, you could just see in his face like his defensive game plan had to be altered. You know, when Chung yeah, went down, Chung they a did a close up on his face. Game, you know, and you saw his reaction, and you just you just knew Chung had a big. Plan oh
0: yeah
1: in his I mean, defensive he, yeah big cog in the defense, for sure. it was just crucial obvious card.
2: in my opinion and the yeah. you know he, he looked physically frustrated that chung went down and to me i was like all right you know what how is he gonna adjust after this and brilliantly you know every time i doubt him anytime i tell doubt brady you know being a raiders fan you know hasn't worked out so far so I'm just not going to doubt that anymore. You know, my Raiders are moving. Like, I don't need to doubt that anymore. I know Belichick and Brady are great players going as top yeah, two at their company. position all down, no doubt.
0: Yeah, I mean, one thing I want to add before we uh, talk a little bit more about the Ram side of the ball is uh, uh, if you remember the Seahawks Super Bowl where there were injuries to Cliff Averill.
1: Yeah, that concussion took him out. And, uh, it's really and for then you talk about in. Pete
0: Carroll really... Or the Seahawks defense couldn't really make an adjustment, right? They couldn't get a pass rush on Brady anymore. No, nope. and you know I think that's that where, Belichick's in-game adjustments, right? It just kind of shows like he's a cut above Pete Carroll because they were yeah. kind of faced with a similar thing where a guy that's really mm-hmm. intricate to their game to their defensive game plan goes down. What are you going to do? And for Belichick, it did require a little bit of luck, but right. at the same time, you know he coached up McCourty really well. That you know that technique where you put your hand in between the receiver's arms. I've seen that technique. Uh, it's coached everywhere. Every team coaches the technique, but very right. few teams get their players to apply the technique. And right. Jason McCordy has applied that specific technique about five or six times this year to prevent big plays. And, you know, that's, that's something that I feel like, you know, Pete Carroll and other coaches that are good, but not great. Like that's something that separates you. Is that Belichick yeah, I don't demand. I understand. That.
2: I don't want to sound like a broken record, but at the end of the day, I just think Bill Belichick teaches him stuff. He just knows the rule book in and out. He studies every aspect of the game. And he's able to teach his players that, you know? Yeah. That, I mean, that, you, know, like, I, you know when they leave, like look at the Malcolm Butler, look at all these players when they leave him, they're just not as good because Bill Belichick teaches them
1: the right way to play within he the line. He also puts them in a very, the a very good position to succeed. Yeah,
2: well, along with, I mean, that's obvious. We've seen, we saw that with this Super Bowl. He put yeah. his players to succeed. That's going to happen every time. Yeah. But what's underrated about him is his ability to just coach up players and tell them, like, this is the correct way to play and this is how you win games. Right. You know, the, his ability to discipline his players while at the same time having them conform to a game plan that adjusts to every team. That's, That's you know Yeah, it
1: requires a total buy-in, totally. And that's yeah, total buy-in. That's right, yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: So you know, I I love I'm a Patriots fan, Vic's a Patriots fan. We'd love to just sing the praises of Bill Belichick for like an hour if we could, you know, with a with a neutral third party. I'm not uh, even a
2: Patriots fan and I'm praising y'all. Exactly. I I feel
0: ashamed. Exactly, because it's it's Bill Belichick is I think just this this like Super Bowl win just shows that the Patriots are playing exactly. That's know, what I'm just saying. Just a dominant franchise. But I do want to talk about the Rams because one really yeah, big storyline coming out of the game. Uh, I'm interested in hearing your opinion on this, Jugbeer, is that Todd Gurley barely got any oh, work in this game. But let me pull ridiculous. up the stats really fast. He had ten carries in the game, right? Ridiculous. Receiving wise, he got two targets. That's 12 opportunities for know. you know, maybe the most important offensive player to the Rams. And now they're coming out and saying that Todd Gurley isn't injured. Todd Gurley says, "Oh, I'm fine." Uh, personally, my opinion on this is that it's a ploy by the uh, Rams because they left him off the injury report. Uh, if if they do say he's injured, they could get fined or face further discipline right. by the NFL. But I'm interested in hearing your guys' thoughts on this, uh, Jugvir, What do you think, man?
2: Man, that's that's just preposterous. Like, uh, how are you gonna go all the way to the Super Bowl and give a guy you signed, not even halfway through the season, more touches? and the guy that you just signed to what a 40 something million dollar extension you've got to be kidding me with that Todd Gurley there's a reason you signed him give him the carries you know CJ Anderson I know he was looking you know I'm not I give credit to CJ Anderson he was looking all right and the day it's Todd Gurley it is a top 3 running back in my opinion the top talented running back in the league yes I said that the no, best running back talent wise, that, but
0: that's a debate for another day. Continue, continue, yeah.
2: Yeah, that's my opinion, though.
0: Yeah, y'all, can, y'all can say what
2: you want, but that's my opinion. Todd Gurley, I've loved him since coming out of college, 10th <laughs> overall pick, even with the injury. I just don't see what the rounds were doing. Yeah, I but that's I, why I, one of the reasons he McVay got out coached. If Bill Belichick be injured, had, though? dude, I don't, let me, I don't let me even finish, know, let me finish I, up real I, quick, I, I, yeah. 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 Let me just finish up, yeah. If Bill Belichick. Had Todd Gurley, it's over. He had Sony Michelle, and look what Sony Michelle did in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, don't even know. get me started.
1: There, there are different players too.
0: I
2: mean, exactly, because so, I, I, Todd I think... Gurley has more talent. It's no question about it.
1: You're not. Are yeah. you not going so, uh, to play your most
0: talented I have play. a very uh, interesting take on this, but I, I want Vic to uh, respond. Really, f- what do you think about the whole Gurley situation, Vic?
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it shocked me as well. I mean, he he has to be hurt. I have some, I don't know, some kind of. TBGBs of playing or something or just got the scene. Was just <laughs> too, I don't know. I, I, I don't know, man. Like I was just confused. I was like, this guy, like, he could have wrecked us in the passing game. Like you saw it absolutely in every single important game we played is that whenever the running back started catching passes against our linebackers, we were suffering. And you saw it in the playoffs against the Chiefs when we when he when Mitt Mahomes missed that touchdown to what's his face? Uh, Damian Williams. And yeah, that could yeah, have been good yeah. for us and even Damian williams is carving us up carving us up in the past yeah and yeah, he, he had, had a decent game do more. Don't and, have the and there's me, one bro. player on this rams team who could have done that to us it's todd Gurley, and that's and aside from him running the ball in those outside zones i was afraid of him doing some kind of then running some kind of bubble screen play some kind of misdirection some kind of timing routes with him that would have really screwed us because that that's a match that we couldn't, we couldn't have won yeah, a quick I mean, point to the that. linebackers, they can't really so, cover. over. And that's what really shocked me. I was really confused about, and I think that Sean McVay is a smart enough coach to have capitalized on a mismatch like that and would have, but I think it's something that's wrong with Gurley because I just can't believe that Sean McVay wouldn't have, wouldn't have implemented that kind of – would have implemented that in just passing attack.
2: Exactly. I, I just want to add one point to that. I, that's the exact reason why McVay got out-coached. You know, Rodak brought that up, you know, Bill, McVay admitting he got out coach. I just didn't think he utilized his players as much.
1: I think yeah, that's one of that, the reasons a, he got out That's definitely fair.
0: Um, I also think Wade Phillips... Uh, oh, yeah. I think yeah, he man, did a good job, amazing. but he also... He did an excellent job. Wade was, Phillips excellent job. While he did do an excellent job, the one gripe I have is that I think on a few third downs, he didn't double Edelman. I think yeah, he should, yeah, he he should, should have, have doubled Edelman. Any situation where you think there is even a remote chance of the Patriots,
1: I think him. he should have just doubled them outright. You know, like make Chris Hogan and Philip Dorsett beat you. They won't.
0: <laughs> yeah, here I'll pull out a little stat about uh, Brady throwing to Gronk and Edelman here. Uh, but 19, didn't he adjust the second half? Yeah, he adjusted a little Edelman? bit, and that's caused. Yeah, Edelman had like what seven receptions that
2: half.
1: I, I think he'd adjust yeah, he adjusted. Yeah, second half and then third, three in the second half. Yeah, exactly. True. I
2: think he yes, adjusted. So, well. I mean,
0: he made an adjustment. That's true. But I also, I just wanted to just speak to the lack of offensive talent on the Patriots in terms of pass catchers. Uh, Nineteen of Brady's thirty-five throws were to Edelman or Gronk, and sixteen of his twenty-one completions were to Edelman and Gronk.
2: Exactly, that's that's the two forces right there. Edel—that's another play I want to talk about. Edelman and Belichick. I just think that yeah, duo won the exactly. Super Bowl for them. Exactly, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, I, I think I think also that uh, I think Wade Phillips' defensive game plan really keyed in on our receiving backs as well. Like, you noticed that James White barely had an impact in the passing game, or the running game for that matter. I, During the game, obviously, you know, I was just really pissed that we weren't throwing at James White, and then on further review after the game, looked at the tape and realized that he was just flooding the flaps of linebackers and defensive linemen. Like, any pass to our running backs was going to go nowhere, and I think that's what we realized, that I didn't realize during the game, but clearly McDaniels, Brady, whoever, didn't, didn't want to throw to running backs because of that. So that's, that's interesting. And I thought that was a good adjustment by Wade Phillips. And
0: Yeah, so I wanted to kind of talk about my uh, controversial takes about running backs. And I, I think really the
1: running back is a product. <laughs> sorry? No, sorry. Yeah, I'm just laughing because I know what you're going to say. Oh, yeah. Running backs don't matter. And I'll tell you
0: why. It's because you can easily, f- like, figure out how running back is going to produce – Just based on the offensive line and the quarterback that's there. Like the Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes, great quarterback, offensive line, pretty darn good for most of the year. And Damian Williams, someone who really hasn't done much in his career to date, all of a sudden is turning into a fantasy football star, scores two receiving touchdowns against the Patriots. Like, just goes to show it's the offensive scheme, it's the quarterback, it's the offensive line. And the same thing with the Rams, right? Is that the offensive scheme, is really good with McVeigh. They have a cap, not a great quarterback just yet, but a good, capable quarterback in Jared Goff, and they have a great offensive line. Andrew Whitworth, with Whit- Whitworth, uh, you know, one of the best left tackles in the league. Absolutely right. They have a really good overall offensive line, and that's what Todd yeah. Gurley does so well. And yeah, I yes, agree. Yes, he's a good receiver out of the backfield, but no, I think that I... if you put Damian Williams in that same position receiving, pass, I think that. Rams could have really used Damian Williams in this game. Because if Todd Gurley really wasn't 100% and you couldn't pass the ball to him, I think if they passed the ball yeah. to Damian Williams, he'd be doing great.
1: Yeah, no, I was on that exact note, actually. Um, I was reading an article about um, yeah, like how the fact that the Rams don't have like that, like that random like third string running back who can kind of run the ball and catch the ball pretty well and run and make some moves. They don't have that depth. Like they have Gurley who was hurt and Anderson to be their, you know, down the downhill runner, but they don't have that third running back who can kind of come in like the I guess not Austin Eckler anymore. He's second he's his, you know, second string running back for the Chargers. But that third third, you know, string change of pace back who can catch the ball, make some moves. They don't really have that and
0: Yeah, so to speak no to that actually, a little bit, sorry. Yeah, yeah. So Malcolm Brown, who is their backup for most of the year, got hurt oh, out yeah. for the year. Uh, Oh. and then uh, John Kelly is was their third string back for most of the year that would have been promoted to second string back but they didn't like his pass protection so they got CJ Anderson uh, but I think that's what? another aspect uh, get, give me a second Jaguar I think that's another aspect that McVay got out coached is because John Kelly is actually a decent pass catching running back I think like based on his college tape sure and that you know yeah. I think that if McVay used him a little more instead of just sticking to only CJ Anderson as the backup and he Cha- mix in a little John Kelly for some change of pace pass catching if Gurley really wasn't 100% I right.
1: think
0: that's another aspect where you can say that he got out coach Uh what were you saying Jack? Jugbert? I
2: mean, I mean if Gurley was hurt, he's hurt. But, you know, the reports came out that he's not hurt, which I don't believe at all. But in the day, who gives who cares about the third running back? I like, I don't care who your third running back. If you're not playing the dude you paid 40 plus million to go out there and get you buckets,
1: I mean, it, but that's what I'm saying. Like, since he clearly had some whatever unknown issue, like it would have really helped them to have that, to have that random guy come in and make. If some they
2: problem. had the issue, but I just don't think Todd Gurley had. You're not gonna play a guy 11, even you're not gonna put your franchise player in that position to not even get like he took like what 11 snaps, like 11 carries, and 10, you're not well, even gonna get like five he carries. Like a lot of snaps. I'm
0: not sure how many snaps he played.
2: No, I'm not. I'm talking about carries. Like, he yeah, took, what, his maximum in the postseason targets. was 11, I think. If he's really injured, I'm not risking my season on this guy. I'm not even putting him in, you know? Yeah, like This is yeah. a franchise player. You just got him on a new extension. Why are you even putting him – why are you even giving the possibility or even the chance for someone like me – who's trying to analyze the game, and be like, why are you giving this guy 11 carries instead of zero if he's really injured, right? Like, even five carries. Do not give this guy carries if he's injured. If you think CJ Anderson can do the job, then okay, he can do the job. If you think Todd Gurley can do the job, then put him in. Don't give him five snaps.
0: What running back do you know that gets Yeah, gives, so I'll give you the exact snaps. snap counts, uh, Jugvir T- Todd Gurley played 43 of the 65 snaps. That's good for uh, two-thirds of a snap slate.
1: It's not bad, but it's not I'm talking good. about carries, though. Yeah, had had Anderson out and 10 him. Targets. Uh,
0: no, CJ Anderson no, didn't out-carry him this game. Fewer carries. Yeah, he, it, had, uh, he had three fewer carries uh, than Gurley. The, the, uh, uh, the, the, the
2: previous two games, I guarantee you have Yeah, the previous carried. two games, I
0: believe. Oh, yeah. or previous yeah, game, absolutely, no doubt. Carried, it wasn't even close. Uh, out Gurley. That's what I just don't get.
2: I don't understand what what the Rams were thinking doing that. If you're not going to play him, don't play him.
0: You've got a
2: great – no, you got to understand this. The Rams are the best young team in the league right now. You can argue the Chiefs with Mahomes, but I just think right now the Rams with Donald, with the group they got right now, you could go to the Super Bowl extended amount of times. Are you really going to put your player that you signed to a long-term extension in that position for a couple of few extra snaps that won't make a difference at the end of the game?
3: Either or, play him yeah, or mean, don't play him. Sometimes just
0: load him. management as well. Uh, yeah, teams have a lot of health analytics too that kind of show like if a guy's at a green level or a yellow level or like a red level, right? And I think Gurley got to the point where uh, because he had like some sort of a knee issue that may not be like too major. And I will we'll see if there's any kind of surgery that happens in the off season, like maybe a minor cleanup procedure. But you know, if he was like if that knee was at like a borderline yellow red level they may have said, okay, you can play him for a few utility snaps, but not for a lot of snaps uh, for the first two playoff games. And I think after the two weeks rest, he had more of a, a longer leash in this game, but still um, not uh, not as big of an impact as people people would have hoped, I would say.
2: I mean, yeah, they gave him a longer leash. I agree with that. But I just don't understand what the Rams were doing throughout the whole playoffs. I think they even before that, they should have played girly more snaps, and I thought they got lucky to come through. Even to this level, because without Gurley, I just don't think the Rams' offense is the same. If you're in the Super Bowl, you go and ball, you go and balls to the wall, put yeah, in I mean, the players you argument, need to have. Do, don't care if you are limiting a person to snaps two games before. Let him go balls to the wall in the Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, like, see, just do it. My it, argument- it, if, if you're trying to win a Super Bowl for a yeah, team that just moved uh, to
0: L.A. Uh,
1: yeah, okay, just so my it. argument, Jack, really all they been. really
0: needed – it didn't. my argument is that girly, no girly, didn't matter. They just needed a pass-catching running back. That's all they yeah, needed. Yeah,
1: like, that's what I'm they saying, They needed too. a running back they that wasn't needed...
0: like – no offense to C.J. Anderson, but he's not the most agile guy in the world. So they needed a running back with just a little more agility to catch yeah, the ball. And, and, and and I understand what you guys are saying. Just to
1: exploit the matchup that our, that our defense provides them, yeah. right? Then. Exactly, that's, that's what, what
0: I'm, I'm trying to say.
2: say. Yeah. That's one more – not even like but that is we're, the we're main operating piece. The assumption
0: that Gurley's hurt. Let's just operate under the assumption that Gurley was hurt because I think we're kind of belated. Can I make one, point more about, point? Just one more point? Sure, go ahead. But I think okay. we're kind of attacking McVeigh. Yeah, just last maybe. point.
2: I just want to make sure. um That just, I think Gurley playing more in the Super Bowl more makes Belichick adjust his defense more, which at the end of the day, Belichick adjusting his defense, you know, that's just one more aspect he has to take into account. I think they should have, you know, played him more than they did in the Super Bowl, especially when it's do or die. You know, you can't just having a guy playing half games. I think that's just one more aspect Belichick had to adjust for.
0: Yeah, but I mean, let's just let's just operate on the, under the assumption that Todd Gurley was hurt. Okay, I get that. I, Sparks, okay, right? I understand. So yeah. in that case, it just kind of comes down to they didn't have a pass catching threat out of the backfield. Would you agree, Vic? Sorry, do you mind repeating that kind of? Yeah, no problem, dude. I was just saying that, that it's kind of obvious that uh, the Rams just kind of were missing a pass catching running back strategy. Yeah,
1: no, totally. They were they're just missing a dynamic presence to their offense, I think. And that and that that spark that they were lacking, I think, really doomed them. I mean, you saw that once Cooper Cup got hurt during the season, Jared another huge injury. I can't really, really seemed- that, yeah. Yeah, I think that was huge for them too. I mean, he was their change of pace player who provided, you know, the bulk of their big plays during the season. And if he his absence, I mean, you saw how much a slot receiver means to Tom Brady. Imagine how much it means to Jared Goff, who's even more alive. Cooper Cup is, in my eyes, the most talented receiver that the Rams have. Yeah, I Uh, agree. Uh, I don't know.
2: Robert Robert Woods looks good.
1: No, I think Cup's better. I think Uh, I don't
2: know about that. I think he's a better pass catcher, but overall talent wise, I think Woods better in my opinion.
1: Uh, I
0: believe tough. at the time of his injury, Cooper Cup was about leading the Rams in targets. Definitely leading the Rams in red zone targets, and I believe he was also leading
1: the team in touchdown receptions. I just think he's Goff's. So. He's who Goff is most comfortable with on the on that offense. I, I think he just,
2: I think he's more. I agree with that. He's the most comfortable Cup, but I think talent wise, Robert Woods, and I think Goff. Other, like Cooks, we know Cooks is the most talented receiver on the roster, but you know, I see him getting comfortable with Woods and Cup, I just don't, honestly if I was the Rams, I would get rid of Cooks. I see Woods and Cup as solid 1-2 options.
0: I, think I don't know, most, man. Cooks is needed Cooks, for that take the top off the defensive. Yeah. If, if anything, I'd say could've... to let Woods walk because Robert Woods kind of is a, the like, Cup does the same thing Woods does, but I think he does it a little better.
1: Yeah, I agree.
0: And then I think they should, uh, Gerald Everett and, and uh, Tyler Higby are both really good, kind of like Short yardage catching receivers. So I, I don't know. I like Higby. I like Higby. He's he's very talented. Higby is very Western Kentucky. Yeah. Yeah. Very
2: very good receiver. I agree with that.
0: Anyways, thank you guys so much for joining me tonight. I'm gonna have to let Joe Beard and Vic go. Thanks. Thank you guys for coming on the show tonight.
2: I appreciate it, man. Thanks for having us. There's a very good discussion, Vic. What you gotta say?
1: No, oh, thank you, man. Can't wait for next time. It's a good time talking with y'all. Yeah, we'll have you guys on again soon. Appreciate it.
0: So for the second half of this podcast, uh, I have on two of my good friends, Ibrahim and Vikram. Uh, I think you'll, you guys will probably remember Vikram, uh, avid listeners of this podcast, which still doesn't have a name, by the way, will remember Vikram as the one who uh, locked up Kansas and uh, Texas Tech for college basketball on the night that they both lost. Um, but no worries, because you know, NFL is really a sport. Uh, college basketball, a lot of randomness. Uh, Vikram, do you want to defend yourself a little bit to the listeners? Listen,
3: man, I had some uh, bad beats, but uh, I'm ready to bounce back with
0: this one, you know? Yeah, exactly, man. Uh, I think after you guys hear his analysis on the Super Bowl, you'll be ready to give him a second chance. <laughs> and uh, also, I have Ibrahim on. How are you doing today, Ibrahim?
4: Pretty good, man. Good to be here again, I'm hoping for another great podcast.
0: Yeah, for sure. So, uh, you know, as, as you guys know, me and Ibrahim are both Patriots fans, so we're really happy right now. But, uh, Vikram, I want to hear a little bit about what you thought about the Super Bowl, man. I haven't talked to you much about it. What do you think? So,
3: the Super Bowl, I mean, so going into the game, the um, Super Bowl had a lot of hype as, like, being – a lot of people were betting that, like, it was going to be this high-scoring affair. and like
0: Yeah, the over-under was 56 know, points.
3: The over-under was really high. And even then, like, I knew some people that were taking over on that. But I always had it in mind that um, it was going to be more of a defensive game. Um Initially, before the Super Bowl, I thought the final score was going to be somewhere in that 23-20 or like 2017 area um, pregame. So I always had um, the game being a little more defensive. And uh, it turned out to be that way a lot more than I thought. The defenses um, really showed up. And I think the main thing was just the dominance of the Patriots' D. And the one thing that showed dominance in was really stopping the run. Because the run game is really how the Rams get their offense going. You know, they don't really rely on Jared Goff to just drop back and make passes. They really try to establish the run and then use um, the run game to set up play action and give Jared Goff some easy throws and uh, let him make easy reads, you know. But since they couldn't establish the run, they weren't able to get their offense going, really. And I think a lot of of that was noticeable in the Rams when they were in, like, even third and manageable. So there was a lot of points in the game where the Rams were, like, third and four, third and five, you know, third and three. And during the whole regular season, because they had established the one game, it kind of made defenses off balance. And um, you didn't really know, like, okay, in this situation, it's uh,
0: you could pass or you could
1: uh It keeps run. the defense off
0: balance. I see what you yeah, mean, man. And that's exactly. kind of an element they were missing this game. I, I agree with that. Exactly. Uh, Ibrahim, what were some thoughts that you had, man?
4: Yeah, so like you said earlier, I'm a big Patriots fan, and, and it was pretty exciting for them to win another super bowl. And, and, you know, with the Patriots having Tom Brady, all these years, having all those great performances, I was actually really excited and and a little surprised, but mostly just uh, excited about how well the defense played. Uh, I think you touched on this in the uh, pre-super bowl episode about how a good strategy for the Patriots would be to kind of adopt what Matt Patricia and the Lions did against the Rams earlier in the season and take away that outside zone. And it seems like, what Belichick and and Brian Flores came up with is pretty much to do exactly that, and uh, they they just really took away the entire Rams offense. And I have some stats here for the Rams in the first half. Uh, they had 57 total yards. They had six punts in the entire game. They only had, I think, two or three drives. Um, actually, it's so. Until the fourth quarter, they had two drives that were more than uh, 25 yards. Or they had one drive that was more than 25 yards.
0: Yeah. And late um, in the game. What did they have? Like, uh, they didn't even have a first down until like, the second quarter, I think, or something like that in the game? Yeah, the whole first
3: quarter, they didn't do anything. Like They couldn't yeah. move
0: the ball. Right. Literally nothing. Um, yeah, they had three punts in a row while the game was 0-0. Like, that's a Yeah, I mean,
4: they started the game with eight consecutive punts. So they did literally nothing until two minutes left in the third quarter. Yeah, uh,
0: and if if it wasn't for a Goskowski missed field goal and Brady throwing a pick on the opening drive, you know, the Patriots could have had this game more in hand before before later in the game. Exactly, Mm -hmm. and and I
4: think, you know, people look at the score and you see 13-3 and you might think, oh, you know, it was pretty close and the Patriots played equally as bad on offense and they didn't have their best game. But if you compare how well the Patriots were doing versus how well the Rams are doing on offense, the Patriots were still consistently moving the ball. They were getting 30 to 40 yards on every single drive, except for one or two, the entire game uh, while the Rams were the complete opposite. They were getting, you know, 15 or 20 yards max the entire game, except for one or two. Mm-hmm. Um, so just kind of looking deeper into the stats, the, the score doesn't fully reflect how well the Patriots' defense played and how poorly, honestly, the Patri- or the Rams' offense
0: played. Yeah, I mean, one big thing is also complementary football, right? Like, I always stress this again and again with the Patriots. Um, complementary football is keeping your defense off the field. I, th- I think at times the Rams' defense got tired, especially that last drive when the Patriots ran out the clock. Uh, it was kind of evident the Rams' defense was pretty tired. And I think a lot of that was because the Rams weren't able to sustain drives consistently. Well, the Patriots were able to at least eke out one first down, you know, a first down and a yeah. half, you know, maybe two, two, yeah. two first downs a drive. And that kind of keeps their defense a little bit rested and allows them to not just get run over like the Rams' defense was very late in the game. Uh, would yeah. you agree with that analysis, Vikram? What do you think, man?
3: Yeah, I think um, I was actually going to mention so part of that. So I think one of the big keys of the game was just the field position that both teams had. So because the Patriots were even in the beginning able to get like at least one first down, two first downs, um, they were able to do a good job of moving the ball a little bit and then pinning the Rams deep in their own territory. It seemed like almost every Rams drive kind of started from deep in their own territory. And the Patriots, because of that, they were able to get a little bit better field position. So even if they weren't able to score initially, the field position they had, they were able to, it was way better than what the Rams started with. And they used that to their advantage um, in the latter parts of the game.
0: Yeah, I agree, man. Uh, it's actually funny that the Ryan Allen who uh, came from Louisiana Tech, he actually lost his punting job at Oregon State to none other than the Rams future punter, Johnny Hecker. And it's oh, well, interesting that they're really both punting in the Super Bowl. <laughs> wow, and uh, you know they're both having some crazy punts. Like Allen pinned him I think twice or three times and yeah, uh, Hecker had like the record, right? Yeah, yeah Hecker had like a sixty-plus-yard yeah. punt. I think Super Bowl record yeah. for punt length. Yeah, He got
3: a huge bounce on that, but still got the record. So yeah, that's good, yeah.
0: man. He got he got a good roll. The Rams' roll. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
4: Hecker had a couple great punts. He had another fifty-eight-yard punt and a forty-six-yard punt. So mm-hmm. both punters actually really came to play, and yeah, they both no did doubt. a really good job of mm-hmm. pinning teams kind of further than maybe they should have been pinned.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, Allen kind of pinned them, and then Hecker kind of kicked them out of it. <laughs> if you think about it, it was like a punning duel. Uh, I think yeah. it's funny that we're saying that it speaks to how interesting the mm-hmm. Super Bowl was for the casual viewer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, uh, you I know, think, what, Yeah, sorry, Ibo, what were you saying?
4: No, I was just going to say, for the casual viewer, I think this is probably one of the worst Super Bowls they might have watched. But um, Yeah, lowest TV ratings kinda, till, since
0: uh, 2007.
4: Yeah, but digging yeah. in, it, it was actually... I mean, it was a close game. It was three to three with seven, eight minutes left in the game. And, and, you know, both defenses were playing really well. So, yeah. not not your common Super Bowl, but still a very well played mm-hmm. football game.
3: Yeah. And the thing about both defenses playing well is that that basically limits the opportunities for the offense. And then at the end of the day, the Patriots were able to take advantage of their opportunity. The one opportunity they had, I think the biggest play of the game was um, Brady Gronk down the seam. So the, um, that catch was huge. It set up their touchdown, and the Rams' big opportunity. Um, Goff made a perfect throw to Brandon Cooks in the end zone, would have tied the game with that touchdown. But Cooks, I mean, at the end of the day, it's a tough catch, but you've got to make that catch. Oh, and I don't know it. about that. Yeah, I, mean, I, would, I
0: actually disagree uh, strongly with really? you on that, Vikram. That, uh, that was Bro, bad you by Goff. Make that catch. It was a blown coverage. It was a blown coverage, and Goff didn't even see it. He delivered the ball so late that McCourty's able to make a play on the ball. No,
3: not that one. That was the one where in the middle of the field, I'm talking about when it was. Oh, you're talking about the one with
0: Gilmore there. and Harmon?
3: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah,
0: Vic, I think you've got
4: did. to make that catch, but at the same time, catch, that was a pretty a good play by the defender to yeah, come I, in. I have and, to give credit to the on that
0: one. I mean,
3: there was no tip on it, nothing. Like, you got to make that catch, you know? I mean, that, the Super Bowl, you got to bring that one in.
0: Yeah, I mean, the thing is that it's also kind of what I was saying about Cooks. Uh, he's not a contested catch guy, he's a guy that runs past you or makes you turn your hips and comes back. He's not a contested mm-hmm. catch guy, in my opinion.
3: Yeah. That is asked, very true, yeah.
0: I agree with that then, Vikram. I thought you were talking about the other play. Yeah, no, the other
3: thinking. one, yeah. That was clear that Goff hit him earlier. I think he just didn't see him, or he waited. I, I feel like he waited too long to throw it. I think he knew the seam was going to come open, but then he just waited too long, and he kind of floated it a little bit, I feel like. And it allowed uh McCourty he to did. come make a play.
4: Yeah, that, that ball mean, was so in the air for a while. Ball, yeah,
3: exactly. Like, Cooks, seeing the replay on that one, Cooks was wide open from about, like, when he crossed, like, the 7 or 8-yard line going across the goal line. And then, I don't know why Goff just uh maybe hesitated. Like, I don't know why he took so long to throw that one.
4: Well, that's the thing about the Patriots' defense is, you know, Goff routinely might make that throw, but but what he had seen up until that point, he was... Extremely confused. He wasn't playing well. They're getting pressure on him consistently. And mm-hmm. for a QB, that totally throws you off your game. And that just gets you out of rhythm where a simple routine throw like that, maybe you just don't see it uh, yeah. as soon as you need to. You know, you see it half a second too late. And that's enough time for McCordy to come in and, and make that play.
0: Yeah, I yeah. think one thing I wanted to speak to that, uh, I talked about it a little bit with uh, Jugvir and uh, Vic in the uh, last part of the podcast. Uh, but I want to talk about it more with you guys, is I really think that Goff was uh, missing Cooper Cup a lot. Like Since Cup was out for the year, I think Mm -hmm. Goff's play has noticeably gotten worse. And Mm -hmm. I would even go as far as to say that uh, Cooper Cup is the Rams' most talented receiver and the best receiver that they have. What do you guys think about that?
3: I definitely think he's the most important receiver they had. I wouldn't say he's the most talented receiver, but I definitely agree that he's the most important within the structure of how they play, the routes they run, and how they design their plays. So I definitely agree with that.
0: Yeah, okay. So, I mean, you know, maybe sometimes people give the talent to Cooks. I just think Cup's ability to get in and out of his breaks fits the modern NFL better, where you're not just running a few routes, you have to be able to run an expansive route tree. And I think Cup does that better than about any receiver on the Rams. And I think that mm-hmm. combined with uh, how much of a you know factor he is in the red zone uh, kind of speaks to how well he is as a um, as a receiver for this team. Do you okay. agree with that, yeah. Ibrahim? Uh, what did you say, man?
4: So, yeah, I think I kind of agree with Vic there that he's probably the most important receiver. I wouldn't quite say that he's the most talented receiver, but that being said, I think um, his ability to be more effective in uh, a higher number of situations than Cooks or Wood's Makes him that more important receiver, and in that case, you don't choose talent over who's going to get the job done more. So maybe he's not more talented, but that doesn't make him not the better overall player because he's going to help you win more than Woods would or Cooks would. So talent wise, yeah, maybe he doesn't have as much talent, but at the end of the day, that isn't the distinction that helps you win or lose a game.
0: That's fair. I mean, I think Cooks also has a role in the offense, right? His off his role exactly. is to stretch the field. Uh, exactly. I'd say Woods and Cup overlap a little bit, but sometimes you need two of those kinds of receivers, as we saw. with The I like, Patriots, I
3: like that they have both. I like yeah, that they have
0: being both. a lot more effective with both uh, Edelman and Amendola. Mm-hmm. I think yeah, that's, that's I like that is one thing that they can. Kinda... I like
3: that they have both because then you ha- there are two receivers that you you have to account for as a defense. If you yeah, had exactly. one, yeah. then I feel like the what if you had one, then that one person would be less effective than um, both
0: of them. I mean, proof is in the pudding, right? Think about how the Rams are doing with Cup and now without Cup. Yeah, true, yeah. yeah night and day. Yeah. yeah,
3: Reynolds, I don't think Reynolds was able to fill the void that Cup yeah. was
0: like, Oh. Yeah, Reynolds, is, Reynolds mm-hmm. is kind of a hybrid tight end receiver, guys. That's the issue. Um, yeah. One more really big topic, you know, from the Rams camp uh, that I, I talked about a ton with uh, Jugvir and Vic before, but I also want to hear what you guys thought on it because it's such a big, you know, big part of the game. And that's uh, Todd Gurley is kind of um, missing in action. He only had twelve opportunities, ten carries, two targets. Uh, what do you guys think about Todd Gurley's usage? Um, you know, I mean, let's operate the assumption that he wasn't injured. Then, do you think it's any if he isn't injured like he says he is, which I highly doubt. But that's something else. Uh, Sean McVay deserves a lot of criticism, right, for not using Gurley more, assuming that he wasn't injured. Uh, "Quote unquote."
3: So, yeah, I think that if so, if he wasn't injured, which, by the way, I think 100% he was injured. But, yeah,
0: I think everyone thinks um, that. But definitely, like, if he, wasn't. if he
3: what If we're assuming that he wasn't injured, then I think that Sean McVay does deserve a lot of criticism for it because Todd Gurley is unquestionably their best player. And even though he wasn't that effective, the game until late in the fourth quarter was still a three-point game. And you have to give your best player an opportunity to make a play. Because in that type of game, one singular play can be the turning point. All the momentum can shift to your side just by your best player making a play um, that completely turns the game on its head.
0: Exactly. And, there, and I think uh, Vic said that uh, earlier in the podcast, in the first part of it, and uh, I think you're speaking to it too. And that's kind of they're missing that big play spark, you know? Exactly. Would you say, Ibrahim, that they're missing kind of a big play guy?
4: Uh, yeah, so... Kind of just like what Vic said that you know he's your he's your best player. And although he's not doing well, although he's totally out of it, assuming he's not injured, um, you have it, it's a three-three game and, and you gotta keep going at it. You gotta keep giving him the ball and, and try and let him make that uh big play that he's shown that he's able to do throughout his career for the most part. Um and I just think that McVeigh abandoned giving him the ball way, way too early. Oh, yeah, 100%. 100%. I mean, it was 3-3 three, three until seven minutes left in the fourth. I mean, exactly.
2: that's
4: you're in a great situation. Maybe you're not playing too exactly. good, but you're in a great situation. Exactly. For how poorly you're playing. And exactly. for him to just totally lock him out and say, all right, we're going to give that up and we're going to go in a different direction, um, is a pretty big mistake. And obviously, you know, in hindsight, it's, it's easy for us to say that. Maybe it never would have worked out. But um, my opinion and philosophy is if i'm going to lose i would rather lose with my best players playing the playing in the game and i'm going to put the ball in my best players hands and if you can't win with your best players then, then that's just it is what it is but if you don't even allow your best players to get an opportunity then that's something where you just got to look at the coach and say hey you you messed up and and that's a mistake on you
0: yeah i mean exactly. another thing i want to add is that the Rams as a team ran it uh, ran i believe 65 to 66 plays um, And they ran the ball in 18 of those plays. Yeah. So, so it seems like I, mean, I, don't, I don't know where the breakdown is between about 45 for, uh, for passing to rushing. And that's just unacceptable for a team that prides itself on establishing the run. You know, people say establish the run, but I mean, you know, they pride themselves on running the ball first. And that causes the mismatches in the defense that Goff can exploit and McVeigh can exploit in the passing game. And that's what they were missing uh, in this game.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. And it seemed like, at least from what I can remember, on the Rams, uh, their first possession, I think Todd, he started off with a huge, uh, a good chunk run, and then he had another one. But for the rest of the game, I think he only touched the ball like five times.
0: Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, in his defense, he did have one chunk run. That was kind of in a a pivotal point in the game, but it got Mm -hmm. called back because of a holding penalty.
3: Oh, he got called
0: back. Okay. And and it was a questionable holding penalty. So, you know, you can kind of go back and, you know, be mad mm-hmm. at the reps and stuff. But uh, I just think that, you know, if he was given the ball more time, he'd be able to make more of those plays that weren't getting called back by holding penalties. So, yeah. you know, especially after Patrick Chung left the game. Yeah. Uh, which is a really big uh, impact to the run defense and also that blown coverage on Cooks.
4: hmm Yeah.
0: Yeah, so um, do you guys have any final thoughts to add about the game? You know, I kind of want to, like, how would you guys wrap it up, succinctly?
4: I just have one final thought. Um, You know, you look at Tom Brady's stats, and in the past he's had, you know, great Super Bowl games. Last year, obviously, the year before that. And you look at his numbers in this game, and they're pretty pedestrian for his standards. 21 of 35, 262 yards. He had that one bad throw at the beginning that got picked off, and he didn't make a ton of bad throws after that, but he wasn't um, his usual dominant self. But with that being said, uh, with seven minutes left to go in the game, the Patriots had the ball their own 31, and this is how their drive went. Tom Brody completed a pass for 18 yards to Gronk. He completed a pass for 13 yards to Edelman. He completed a pass to Burkhead for seven yards. He completed a pass to Gronk for 29 yards, which was a great throw, by the way.
0: Yeah, that was a nice one to hit the tight end of the seam. Amazing it was a little throw. more impressive amazing on film, uh, like live on the TV, than it was when you go back and look at it, but still an impressive throw nonetheless.
4: Right, mm-hmm. and then the very next play, Sony Michelle punches it in. So, you know, you look at how he had been playing up to that point in the game. They had punted most of the game. They only had three points, but with 10 minutes to go in the fourth quarter when it absolutely mattered, he goes four for four and 67 yards on that drive, and they get the touchdown that essentially sealed the game. And so I think ultimately, you know, as good as the defense played, that was one of the huge differences. And Vic touched on this earlier is the Patriots had a couple opportunities and they took advantage of them. And the Rams had a couple opportunities and they didn't. And uh, when you go back, you're going to look at this as a defensive game. But Tom Brady had a fantastic drive in the fourth quarter to give his team the lead uh, on a touchdown drive. And and I think that's kind of – the difference in the years that the Patriots have had success is them being able to do that is maybe he's not playing well, or maybe they're playing a different style, mental but toughness. when, yeah, mental, exactly. When it comes down to it, if you need him to get you the ball in the end zone, he will do that. And that's exactly what happened.
0: Yeah. And I mean, another reason that he's struggling, I gave this stat when I was talking to Vic and Jugvir before, but I wanted to give the stat for you guys as well. So you can kind of, just in case you haven't looked at it yet, but it's, that uh, Tom Brady's uh, 19 of his 35 throws were either targeting Edelman or targeting Gronkowski and 16 of his 21 completions were either targeting Edelman or Gronkowski or, or uh, completions to Edelman or completions to Gronkowski. So it kind of shows that other than yeah. those two, the offense was devoid of talent. And other than like the offensive line, I mean pass catching wise, sorry. Let me uh, let me phrase that correctly cuz offensive line was outstanding. It was really mm-hmm. devoid <laughs> of talent in the pass catching core other than Gronkowski and Edelman. And Mm -hmm. the fact that Gronkowski is kind of on his last leg, so to speak, may retire. And, you know, I think Wade Phillips adjusted a little too late on getting those double teams onto Edelman. Um, Yeah. He did adjust in the second half, but I think that, um, you know, he needed to be a little more uh, sound on Edelman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, shout-out to Edelman, who we haven't discussed. But, he, I mean, he won the MVP. Eating the, he yeah, had a great game. Yeah, that's game. true. I mean, eating. Super Bowl MVP. Converting
3: first downs, getting them in manageable down distance. Like, just what he brings to the team is uh, perfect for their style of play. Amazing.
0: Yeah, exactly. He's one of those slot receivers that uh, is really good at what he does. And, and he had a great game in the Super Bowl. And, mm-hmm. you know, they needed every, every yard that he got. Exactly.
4: That's one exactly. more thing I wanted to add. To what you were saying, um, Edelman and Gronk obviously were were the two main guys on offense, but I think some credit should be given to Wade Phillips uh, for taking out James White.
0: Uh, yeah, the game he point. really Who, had his linebackers really uh, jumping into the flats. Yep. Yeah Sony Michelle
3: Sony Michelle had quietly a good game too.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Sony did. Michelle did have a pretty quietly good game. His final stat line the was style, at eighteen yeah. carries, ninety four yards, and a touchdown with a long exactly. of twenty six. And, yeah,
3: uh, that's a great line.
0: Yeah, pretty good line, man. You know, a lot of it's on the offensive line playing great. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so Vic, how would you wrap up this game, man?
3: So ref- looking back on the game and just reflecting on it, the one thing I thought of was just uh, how the Patriots can just win games in so many different ways. And even beyond this game, like, just they can win a shootout. They can win a defensive crunch game like this with their special teams. And it just goes to show, like, how brilliant – um, the organization as a whole is like going into the game. Everyone thought, oh, it's gonna be such a blowout. Like both defenses, they can't stop a nosebleed, you know?
0: Yeah, shoot and out. For The exactly. game to be like,
3: like for the game to be just a defensive game like this, and for the Patriots defense to step up like it did and keep the keep the Rams to zero points basically for almost the entirety of the game, except for a field goal, um, was just amazing to me. After all season, I felt like the Patriots defense was never really like. I wouldn't say it called a dominant defense or even like a above average defense. Like they were pedestrian to me, you know, and for them to in the Super Bowl in the biggest moment to have a, a performance like that was amazing.
0: Yeah, man. Uh couldn't agree with you more. And, you know, yeah. great win for the Patriots. Uh, all the Patriots fans, myself, uh, <laughs> Ibrahim, and then Vic, who I had on uh, in the first part mm-hmm. of the episode, you know, we're all really happy. Yeah. And I think this uh, kind of this playoff run by the Patriots and the Super Bowl win showed to even neutral fans like uh, like Vikram and and Jugvir earlier that you know the Patriots are a great dynasty. Bill Belichick is the greatest coach to ever coach football.
3: No doubt, no okay. doubt. Like I don't root for the Patriots, but I have nothing but respect for them. Exactly. So I mean, just a question, a you question for you
0: them. guys:
4: Is this the greatest dynasty? In the NFL. And is this the greatest dynasty in all of sports history?
3: Uh, so, I believe you. Yeah, Vikram, you go ahead. You tackle this okay. first, man. NFL, NFL, I say yes, without question. Greatest dynasty. In sports, uh, I can't put it over the 90s bulls, though. Um, two three-peats. And if we're being honest, if Jordan didn't go play baseball, it would have been eight straight.
4: I don't know, man. I think Hakeem still would have won one. But, you know, that's that's a different discussion. I saw
3: a stat the other day that to me was unbelievable. Uh, it said in the 90s, the Bulls never lost three straight games ever. Wow. Wow. That's
4: actually extremely impressive in the that's, NBA. That's and insane.
3: To, and in the NBA, to have that type of mentality and to never let yourself down is in the regular season after you've won so many rings – if it's like you have a stretch in like February or March, and just to never let yourself get down like that is unbelievable.
4: Yeah, I mean, even the Warriors have lost three in a row, um, and they're extremely talented. I'd say they're more talented than the Bulls were, um, exactly. Which is yeah, that's actually overall impressive. team
0: that might be true. Uh, yeah, so you know, I, I for 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 me, the Patriots are the greatest dynasty in NFL history. Uh, I think that's kind of the footnote to. The reason I think that you have to give them a little more credit, though, is that the NBA has always been a sport where it's easier year-to-year to, year to kind of be a good team. Like, I think the NBA you take the top fair. 10 teams every yeah. year. It correlates very, very strongly with the top 10 yeah. teams the next year. That's and the fact. NFL, with a hard cap and all that, isn't really set up yeah. to do that. So I think the Patriots do deserve a lot of credit in that sense. Um, you know, I, I think I'd have to do a little more research on the Bulls and the 90s Bulls before I uh, make a yeah. conclusive. We can make... On air, uh, thing about I, I definitely have like to yeah. revisit it in a future podcast, Vikram. If yeah, we should make this out. a
3: episode for a future podcast because uh, this could be a long one.
0: Yeah, this could yeah. definitely be a long one. And uh, we yeah, I'll this of- for yeah, this could be a- <laughs> Yeah, yeah and we're about ready to, <laughs> down, yeah,
3: note it down and schedule it for another time. Oh, yeah, uh, d-
0: duly noted. There's uh, a lot to say on that. Exactly. Huh? Hey,
3: yeah, I'm just getting
0: started too, so. Yeah, I can <laughs> tell. Vikram is warming up the jet engines, man. But, yeah. but you know,
4: Vic, to your point, Hakeem in those two years was playing at a level that I don't think any center in the NBA history has played at on both ends of the court. So I think he would have won one. Maybe the Bulls Pete, but I think Hakeem would have won one. But again, that's a different okay. podcast. All
3: right, topic for another day because I do have a lot to say about that as well. But I'll okay. I'll leave it for another day. All right. yeah i mean on All that right.
0: note um thank you thank you everyone for tuning in again for uh ibrahim and vikram i'm ronak Modi, your host as always uh thanks for listening everyone have a great night see you later ibro and vikram thank you guys for joining See me. you
3: guys thanks
4: for
2: having me man